And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he was sent and brought to him. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and he went to Ramah. Bless God. Thank you, Liz. I always ask Elizabeth to, to read my scriptures because I'm not a very good scholar. When I became a Christian some 20 years ago, I couldn't even read or write. But I am an academic now, obviously. Amen. Well, I do have a PhD. Amen. Past having doubts. Amen. I just want to encourage you this morning to dream big dreams for God. Amen. Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. Oh, glory. He said, I've been to the mountaintop. Wonderful. You know something? I'm so excited that God calls ordinary people. Amen. You know, someone like me, I wouldn't stand at hope if men had to pick me. But with God, we have a hope. Amen. With God, we have a hope. And as we look at this story here of King David, I love these stories in the Bible of how God just chooses people that probably we would pass by. Hallelujah. It's an amazing thing as well this morning, uh, Sue, because this morning I had my laptop on. I have a laptop. I'll be able to use it one of these days. Amen. It's, It's ridiculous. A gypsy having a computer. My family used to communicate via smoke signals. Amen. But I was listening to Awesome God all this morning. Michael W. Smith singing Awesome God. I had the privilege of meeting Michael at Kensington Temple in London. What an ordinary guy he was. He was so down to earth, so humble. But what an anointed man. I just love that song because he is an awesome God. Amen. He's an awesome God and we stand in awe of him. Hallelujah fantastic and to think that this awesome God the God of all creation would choose ordinary people isn't that amazing does it not blow you away you know when I look in the mirror sometimes I think myself, dear Jesus you know I'm going bald I'm losing my teeth I've got arthritis <laughs> wow I've got osteomyelitis in my toe I've got to have it amputated dear God I've got high blood pressure the only thing I've got going for me is my figure And I think to myself, God, how awesome. Amen, that you would choose just ordinary people. It just blows me away, I'll tell you that. It just blows me away. You know, I became a Christian 20 years ago as an alcoholic, atheist. God nail-pierced hand down in the gutter and dragged me out. I was there in the gutter in my own vomit. And God dragged me out. And he set my feet upon a rock. Hallelujah. That was 20 years ago. And to be honest with you, I just haven't got over it yet. Amen. Hallelujah. I just haven't got over the awesome grace and compassion and mercy of the living God. When I look back and I start to think to myself about my life as, uh, in the gypsy caravan. And, and then all the stuff I went through in my life. And I think to myself, gee whiz. And I think, well, dear Lord, you took me from the bar room to the pulpit. 
Only God can do that. Amen. So I want to encourage you today. Did you know God has invested mega in you? Amen. Did you know God has a big plan for your life? Amen. Wow, that excites me. You know, my father was a multimillionaire. He could hardly read or write himself, but he could definitely count money. Amen. He owned three big estates in England, so I was brought up with everything you could want in life. But then, you know, it's an amazing thing. Sometimes we can be going along in life, and then all of a sudden a storm hits our lives. A storm hit my life in the, the form of my mother got cancer when she was 41. I was 23 at the time. It was terminal. It was leukemia. 18 months they give her to live. Three months after that, my only brother who was 20 was tragically killed in an accident. He was electrocuted. So within 12 weeks, my life was in turmoil. My father had brought me up in the real world. My father was a very, very clever businessman. He was cousin to the Cray twins and he, he had his fingers in so many pies he was like Mr. Kipling. But then I had everything you could possibly want except a mother and a brother. And my father never drank in his life and I was strictly teetotal. But because I didn't believe in God and I realized that money wasn't the answer anymore, I didn't know what to do because of this storm that hit my life. And that's when I hit the bottom. I was an alcoholic for 10 years. But God has a plan. Amen. God has a plan. Wow. You know, I love this story. You know, if I, th I think it, it had been a leaders meeting and we were going to pick who to anoint. We'd have picked Jesse's big son, strapping lads, muscles in the spit. Amen. But he said, have you got any more sons? He says, these aren't the ones. He said, well, there's just David the boy. Amen. Hallelujah. There's just the boy David. He's out looking after the sheep. He said, bring him. Wow. Friends, you know something? I, I just sense this morning that God wants to bring you into a new dimension. Hallelujah. To realize how much he's invested in you and what future God has for you. Amen. And then the boy David came and God said, that's him. You see, God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. Hallelujah. God looks at the heart. You know, I might be a bit overweight. Well, I'm not overweight. I'm just too short for my weight. If I was seven foot, I'd be slim. Amen. But I'm 30 times bigger on the inside. Amen. Because God. Amen. Hallelujah. That encourages my heart. Wonderful. He says, that is him. And David, Samuel anointed David. And then David, it says, the spirit of the Lord was upon him from that point. Wonderful fantastic and then we, 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 we go on to the story when David went out to fight Goliath you imagine this giant there's giants in the land oh hallelujah there's giants have you got any giants in your life this morning well I want to tell you Jesus is the giant slayer amen Jesus is the giant slayer and I love this story of, of when David went to, uh, out to fight Goliath, you know. And so many things uh, re relate to this story. First of all, David knew that God would deliver him against Goliath. He knew for certain. Why? Because he said, I've already killed the lion and the bear. He said, I've already killed the lion and the bear. Wow. 
He said, sometimes one, a lion or a bear would grab one of the sheep and take them off. He said, I would run after it and grab hold of it and I would kill it. You see, David had already seen God deliver him in the private place. So he knew that God would deliver him in the public place against Goliath. Amen. You see, friends, I want to tell you where the victories are won. It's in the private place. Amen. In the private place. When you're with God. Hallelujah. And this morning, oh glory, I just want to impart stuff to you to exactly what God wants to do with you in the public place. Amen. It already killed the lion and the bear when no one was there, just him. On his own, just him and God. That's where the victories are won. Amen. I've been full-time in the ministry for 10 years and I win my victories in the private place. Amen. I used to be a boxer. All us laid hands on people. But before I was a Christian, it was without prayer. Amen. And you know, you'd, you'd, you'd never turn up for a boxing match and get in the ring and there's this big gorilla opposite you wanting to rip your head off and think, oh, I might start doing a bit of skipping. True, isn't it? You're already trained before you get there. Hallelujah. And it's the same in the spiritual realm. Amen. I was prepared this morning before I got here. Amen. Hallelujah. Before I come to the battle, I was already prepared. I'd already been in the private place. Psalm 27. He says, in the days of your troubles, I will hide you in the secret place. Hallelujah. The tabernacle. Wow. And so David here... He goes out, he says, I will kill Goliath. And the first thing I want us to look at about this story is now, God has anointed David. He was God's man for the hour with more power. The first thing I want us to notice, before David went out to fight Goliath, he didn't ask for a new anointing. Think about it. He, didn't ha he was already anointed. Amen. When I grew up this morning, I didn't say to God, give me a new anointing. I'm already anointed. Amen. Wow. And sometimes it's, we're always wanting, oh Lord, you know, give me this new, give me that new. I know his mercies are new every morning, I know that. But the thing about it is this morning, I want to tell you something. You're already anointed. Hallelujah. He never asked for a new anointing. He was already the anointed of the Lord. Praise God. The other thing I want us to notice here, and this is a big thing. This is, I want to focus on this for a bit, is that Saul tried to put his armor on David. He tried to put his armor on David and David said, I can't go out in this armor because it doesn't fit me, I'm not used to it. Don't allow anyone to put someone else's armor on you, amen. I get people saying to me, William, we want your anointing. I said, it wouldn't fit you. Amen. Why ask for my anointing? My anointing and your anointing is unique to the individual. Amen. Why have a second-hand anointing when God has got a brand new one for you? Amen. Which will fit you perfectly. And so many people, they try to put Saul's armor on us. By God's grace, I have seen tens of thousands of miracles. Amen. Through the power of God. Wonderful and so many people have tried to put Saul's armor on me. 
You see, I usually dress casual, but this morning I made the effort. <laughs> Amen. You too could have a figure like me. And because I'm not really what some people would uh, 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 think I, I, I should be like. I get people trying to put suits on me all the time. I do preach in suits, track suits. Hallelujah. You know, when people look at me and, 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 you know, when I became a Christian, I couldn't read or write. I've never been to one of those theological cemeteries, I mean seminaries. You know, the only Greek word I know is kebab. <laughs> Amen. Someone said to me recently, he said, I bet you know the Bible inside out. I said, well, not really, I don't. I said, but I'm very intimate with the author. Amen about your relationship with daddy amen it's about your relationship where are you at with him amen and people try to put their try to put what they think you should look like when they see me coming on in in me track suit and me tattoos and me shaved head they think one pastor says to me william you look more like a nightclub bouncer than a preacher amen but i am a warrior Amen. God has given me the warrior spirit. Spiritual eye of the tiger. I engage the enemy at all times. Amen. And they start to try to put what they think you should be like. They try to clothe you what they think you should look like. You know, I went in 2008 to a church called Kensington Temple in London. It's one of the biggest churches in Europe. I got invited there to conduct a crusade for a month of miracles in March 2008. But you know something, friends? I want to tell you something. God will always exceed your expectations. Amen. I got there for a month and I'm thinking, wow, it's going to be a long month, this. Preaching every night for a month, God must have been laughing. Because I was there for two years. Every night because a revival broke out. 5,140 people got saved. 4,000 people were added to the church. Hallelujah. As the power of God, people were going out of wheelchairs. Creative miracles were taking place. And during that time, because it's such a famous church, the pastor of that church is a gentleman called Colin Dye. Anyone heard of Colin? Colin and I are like twins. Colin is a former ballet dancer with the Royal Ballet. Amen. Can you imagine me and him? He's a belly dancer and I'm a belly dancer. But God has a plan, amen. Hallelujah. God will use belly dancers, belly dancers and all the ones in between. Amen. Because God has a plan. Hallelujah. And God will choose ordinary people to do extraordinary things through the power of God. And while I was at Kensington Temple, because it's such a famous church right in the centre of London in Notting Hill, wow, I pulled my caravans on Hyde Park. Amen. Tethered all my horses round Kensington Palace. Amazing. And so many people that came there for the revival... When they used to see me come on the platform, one particular American pastor, remember what we're talking about, people trying to put Saul's armor on you. I had 
For the two years I was at KT, I preached every night except Mondays. God can move on a Monday night, but it's me bingo night. I'm only kidding, I bet you'd be thinking, if you're a bit pharisaical, you'd be saying, oh, plain bingo, that's not from the Lord. It isn't if you lose. <laughs> Amen. And for all that time I was there, there were so many people tried to put Saul's armor on me because they'd come to the meetings and this is how I preached. This is who I am. Amen. You know, I don't want to be Wurzel Gummidge changing my head every morning. Amen. Who am I going to be today? Well, I was Reinhard Bonke yesterday. I'll try to be someone else today like Billy Graham or somebody. The Bible says. Friends, listen to this. God wants to use you for who you are. Amen. Don't allow people to put Saul's armor on you. Don't allow people to try to make you what they think you should be like. You be what God wants you to be. Amen. You be what God wants you to be. And I remember one particular night, I used to stay upstairs. Colin had uh, uh, like a penthouse thing upstairs. And I used to go, there was a big screen. And I used to watch the service on the screen. Five minutes before I had to preach, I'd come down. And I remember one particular night, oh, Father... You see, I bet if you met me down a dark alley late at night, you'd say, that's the guy who moves in miracles. You'd say, that's him, he's a vicar. You can see he's a vicar. I am ordained, by the way. I was ordained five years ago. Amen. The Reverend, oh, thundering Nora. I used to wear my dog collar, but I stopped doing it because it wasn't convenient because my wife couldn't walk the dog till I come home from work. Amen. And I remember I come down this particular night to preach and I go on the platform and as soon as I'd finished preaching I'd pray for the sick and then I'd go back upstairs. But this particular night as I was just leaving the room it was so funny. This, I heard this voice, Brother Lee, Brother Lee. He was from Barnsley. This Yankee said to me, Brother Lee, can I just have a word? He was a pastor from Arizona. And he says, man, he says, he says, I just couldn't believe when I seen you come on the platform. He says, when I seen you come on the platform in your sneakers and that, he says, I thought you was one of the sound technicians. You see, sometimes we're not what people think we should look like. Is that right? But God looks at us in a different light, amen. Because God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart. Wonderful. I remember another time I was preaching at a, crew, at a conference. I preached at loads of conferences. And I was preaching this particular conference in, in London, in uh, Westminster Central Hall, near the Houses of Parliament. Wow, what a posh place it was. Wow. I loved the hotel I was staying in, except for one thing. The pillars were too fluffy, I couldn't fit them in my suitcase. Amen. You can even cheer up, you know. Amen. If you're happy, tell your faces about it. Do you know something? Listen to this, friends. God didn't come to rub sin in, but to rub it out. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You know something? I'm glad. I'm happy that I'm saved. Amen. Hallelujah. You won't find anywhere in the Bible, thou shall not be happy in church. It doesn't say that. Amen. 
You know, I preach nearly every day of my life in different churches across all denominations because there's no denominations in heaven. Amen. God is not interested in denominations, but destinations. Amen. And sometimes I go to some of these churches and I preach and I think to myself, gee whiz, cheer up. Amen. Hallelujah. God wants us to be happy for goodness sake. Hallelujah. Not to be miserable. I've been in some churches and, oh my father, they're like they've been baptized in vinegar. Some of them are so miserable, if you give them a slap, even God would say amen. Hallelujah. Dear Father, now you're laughing, oh, that's nice. It's good to be happy. Listen, friends, when we leave church, we should be happy. Listen, I want to tell you something. When we've been in the presence of God, we should leave full of joy, amen. God doesn't come to make it to put laws upon you or religions upon you. He come to set you free. Amen. So I was, we arrived at this at Westminster Central Hall and there was preachers, speakers from all over the world and they all had these fancy suits on. You know the type I mean, don't you? Like all these glitter coats and I feel a healing coming on. Amen. Gotta love the Yanks, haven't you? Thundering Nora. Mm-hmm, my Lord Jesus. Uh, you donate $5,000 to my ministry and you can have some miracle spring water. Dear Father. Never in my life. Anyway, we're all in the preacher's lounge. It was right posh. Oh, it was lovely. I got loads of cutlery. Amen. And I remember these guys, they're all in these suits and things like that. They look so blooming posh. And then there's the jippo. And they're saying, they're talking about what they did to relax in the ministry. Remember what we're talking about, Saul's armor. One said, I have to bicycle riding up. Another one said, uh, I play golf twice a week. And then one of these yanks said to me, he says, what do you do, brotherly, to relax in the ministry? I said, I listen to music on YouTube. He said, what, like praise and worship? I said, no, mate, meatloaf. <laughs> you should have seen his face. Colin Dye nearly choked on his buttered scone. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen to this very carefully. If you love the praise of men... You love the praise of men. If they criticize you, it will cause you to fall. Amen. Don't try to be a man pleaser, but a God pleaser. Hallelujah. So many Muslims got saved when I was at Kensington Temple. I've been involved in many revivals and so many uh, Muslims got saved. Hallelujah. Through the power, a demonstration of God's power. That's the key, isn't it? A demonstration of God's power. You see, this... This morning, I haven't come here to, 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 to promote my ministry. I've come here this morning to tell you about the power of Almighty God. Amen. And what God wants to do in your life. Just think about this. If God can use someone like me, what can he do with you? Amen. What can he do with you? You know, I'm from an aided culture. I can hardly read or write. I've never been to Bible college. None of that stuff. Amen. 
But you see, see, the only thing I've got is God, and God is enough, amen. So I want to encourage you this morning to grasp hold of that for yourself. My heart, I could be booked up for five years in advance. I've been invited to all, all from, in, in, in invitation all over the world. But God has given me a passion for the United Kingdom. That's my Jerusalem. And I'm not going to be satisfied until I see revival at this nation. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. The passion. Amen, he can, bro. Amen, he can. And he's going to do it. Amen. We are going to see revival in this nation. God is not finished with the United Kingdom. Amen. You see, friends, listen to this very, very carefully. You see, if I went to all these other countries just because I thought it would be easier, well, then I'm living in unbelief, aren't I? I'm saying that the United Kingdom is too hard for God. Is that right? You know, I could live a nice, easy life at this time. I live my life on the road. I preach nearly every day at one venue or another. It gets very tiring. I'm 54 years of age nearly, and it gets very, very tiring. But God has given me this. Listen to this. I want you to grasp hold of this for yourself. I might never be back in Basildon again, but grasp hold of this for yourself. The only superstar is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Jesus is the superstar. You know, and I just want you to grasp hold of that for yourself. Amen. Grasp hold of it for you. And when I go from church to church, God has given me this. This is the key. God has shown me the key to revival in this nation is to get the church of Jesus motivated. Amen. To get the church of Jesus motivated and realize that they are God's agent on earth to bring revival. Amen. God doesn't want us in survival mode, but revival mode. Amen. In revival mode. You know, when you think about it, because he's God, he can use anyone. You know, he could have brought Reinhard Bonke to Kensington Temple or anyone he wanted. This morning, R.T. Kendall's speaking at Kensington Temple. R.T., wow. But God just chosen an ordinary fellow who he found in the gutter, me. Do you understand where I'm coming? Doesn't that encourage your heart? Surely when you look at me and you think to yourself, if God can use him, the slim one, he can use me, amen. God can use you and God will use you. Listen to this, God has the power to use you and God is willing to use you. Amen. It's about the heart, it's about the heart, who you are in God. And God has shown me, listen friends, I pray for the sick and I preach the gospel but also a big thing in my heart now is to get the church of Jesus motivated for revival that's why I spend so much time on the road from place to place I could just have the life of Riley at this point I've had so many offers from all over the world wanting to bless me financially all this carry on but at the end of the day we need to go to war for Jesus. This is our Jerusalem. Amen. You know, we're always looking for something new. I get people coming to me all the time, pray for me because I want Elisha's double portion. And I say this to them, what are you doing with the portion you've already got? 
Amen. What you're doing with what you've got. You know, sometimes we have this sort of mentality if we just go to the next big conference when Brother Dingaling will be there. Get Brother Dingaling shandying on me. I'll get a new anointing and everything will be on the mountaintop. That isn't real. Amen. David went through lots of trials and tribulations in his life. We all want something that doesn't exist. People look at me and they think, whoa, what a life. You're going from place to place, seeing miracles and all that thing. And it's a great privilege. I don't know why God picked someone like me. But at the end of the day, I want to tell you something. It's very tough. Amen. I own a farm in Blackpool. And my children are all, all the, my married children will all live on the farm with me in mobile homes, in caravans. Well, they are jippos. So. My grandchildren are there. And I want to tell you something. Gypsy people are very family oriented. I love my grandchildren. I absolutely adore them. And when I have to leave them to go on the road, it breaks my heart. Because I love them so much. But this is reality. I'm here this morning not to give you a quick fix. I'm here to tell you the truth. Is that okay? You know, people sometimes, they'll book me and they'll think, oh, he'll come, give everybody a quick fix and move on. No, that doesn't work. Listen, this nation never got into this spiritual condition overnight. We're not going to get it out overnight. We need to get committed, amen. And I know, friends, when I leave my grandchildren and I'm on the road, last week I was in Somerset. Today, I'm, I'm here in Basildon. Next week, I'm at Derby and then Clacton and then Letchworth and just on and on and on. And I miss my grandchildren so much. I have one little granddaughter. She's three and they call her Mary. She's contrary Mary, I'll tell you. She's a right little character. She takes after her grandmother. Amen. But you see, friends, I... I'm a realist. My father brought me up in the real world. The reason why I never had any schooling was because father used to take me to business to learn me how to make money. He gave me a, an education I couldn't get from any other source. But I realized it was a bubble that bursts. The future God has given me now is out of this world. Amen. You see, I know for certain, friends, and this might... You might think, wow, is that real? Yes, it's real, what I'm going to say to you right now. See, I know unless I go to war and preach the gospel, the power of God unto salvation, unless I go around waking the sleeping giant, the church at which God has told me to do, my grandchildren, my granddaughter Mary, her children will grow up in an Islamic state. Scary there, isn't it? But it's true. It's true. If you go on your computer, Google Muslim demographics, you'll see it there, black and white. The German government have, have said that by the year 2050, Germany will be an Islamic state. Why? Because of the fertility rate. The countries are growing, but it's through immigration. Muslim immigration. Islam. I don't dislike Muslims. I want to get them all saved. Amen. But I dislike Islam. Because it's a lie. Jesus Christ is the truth. The Reverend Moon said, I can show you the way. Krishna says, I can see the way. Mohammed said, I am a prophet of the way. Buddha said, I am seeking the way. But Jesus Christ said, I am the way. Hallelujah. The truth and the life. 
and no man cometh unto the Father except by me. False religion. We need to make a stand for the truth. And that's why I spend my life on the road. I'm sharing my heart with you this morning. I'm no fancy preacher. I'm not a communicator. What a godly woman. But the fact is this. I love my grandchildren enough to go to war for them. I might not be in Afghanistan or Iraq, but I'm in a spiritual war. God spoke this crystal clear to me when I was in London when the general election was on. This is what he spoke to me. When they formed the coalition, God spoke this into my heart crystal clear. He said, William, spiritually speaking this is, do not form a coalition with the opposition. Do not form a coalition with the opposition. Only Jesus Christ can set you free. Amen. You know, and it's only the truth that will set you free. Listen to this. Jesus says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. A lie cannot set you free. An half-truth can't set you free. Only the truth. And it's about time, friends, that the church of Jesus stood up for the truth. Hallelujah. You know, this isn't rocket science, but it's the truth. I'm being honest with you. Only a friend will tell you the truth. <laughs> this is reality. God didn't only take me to London for two years for the revival. He showed me the spiritual atmosphere, the capital. The, is, Islam is everywhere. Everywhere, friends. You go down near Marble Arch. Oh, my father. Edgware Road. It's like being in Beirut. The Bank of Islam. Cafe Beirut. Listen, friends. I have seen many Muslims come to Christ. I don't dislike Muslims because Jesus loves them. Amen. It's Islam we don't love because it puts people into bondage. As Christians, we are into what? Freedom. Amen. Into freedom. And unless we make a stand now, you know, I go and preach sometimes in, in, in little country towns that, that, that are like posh places and to try to explain the, the, the threat of Islam to those people, it's impossible, they can't grasp it. You know, they think it's persecution if the salmon isn't cooked properly. It's true. And we need to make a stand. I'm doing it for not only my grandchildren, but yours. Amen. I'd love to live an easy life. I'm human enough for that. I'd love just to you know, go from mega church to mega church, just preaching a, a nice little eloquent message in Greek. Making oodles of money. I, I wouldn't mind some of that, Tommy, I'll tell you, mate. But at the end of the day, it's not going to solve the problem. When I was in London, there's a statue of Winston Churchill and I, I used to look at this statue and he, used to, he said at the bottom, give us the tools and we'll do the job. God has already given us the tools. We need to do the job. Is that right? You see, David was incensed at the Philistines coming and mocking God's army. That's what motivated him. What motivates my heart? Is this Jesus who set me free? This Jesus who died a barbaric death on a cross? 
who was flog beaten, his beard ripped out in handfuls, nailed on a cross, why was he there? He was dying for me and you, that we could have freedom. Amen. Freedom from the law, freedom from religion, freedom from cults, freedom. He gave his life. The currency that bought our salvation wasn't in Jesus' pocket. It flowed in his veins. The blood of Christ cleanses from all sin. And when he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. He didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. Amen. It is finished. For a purpose. You see, David just couldn't hack people mocking God. I don't like it. When I see people mocking the Savior who I'm madly in love with. Amen. It winds me right up. So I've got to do something about it, but not with a rifle, but with the gospel. Amen. God's way. God's way is a God of love, for God so loved the world. God so loved the world. It's got to be God's way. And I want to encourage you this morning to grasp hold of that for you. The fellow who brought me to faith in Jesus Christ was a roofer, for goodness sake. Imagine a gypsy roofer. He was supposed to put slates on. I think he used to nick more than he put on. Amazing, isn't it? A roofer of all things. He wasn't a professional. He'd only been a Christian a year. But he invited me to church and I got saved. Amen. And by God's grace, I've led hundreds of thousands of people to Christ. And it's all down to his account. Because he told me the truth. You may lead the next Reinhard Bonke to faith in Christ. Hallelujah. I preach at a lot of Bible colleges. Dear Jesus. It's because I know a lot of Hebrew. And nearly every theological school I preach at. There are students in that college who I've brought to faith in Christ who were saved under my ministry. I've never been, the only, I went to Bible college once and it was to have lunch in the canteen. See, I'm not a theologian or anything like that, but every school I go to speak at, there's people who were saved under my ministry who are in there. Do you understand where I'm coming from? I want to encourage you. There was this evangelist in America and he put a tent crusade on for a week and it wasn't very successful or so he thought. Only one person got saved. Thundering Nora. It does evangelists dead in you know. My wife knows if I've had a bad service. I go home kicking the cat and stuff like that. No, I don't, I'm only kidding. Because we'll have an animal lover in here. Oh, he kicks cats, does he, fat boy? She just knows because I can't handle it. Because I want to see God transforming lives amen so this one person that got saved in this crusade the evangelist wasn't an happy bunny the one person that got saved was a young fella farm boy we called him Billy Graham amen hallelujah and look at the millions that Billy Graham has brought to faith in Christ doesn't that encourage you right you might bring the next Billy Graham to faith amen you see, God is a God of multiplication. Amen. 
And we need to turn around and start to grasp all of this. Can you imagine what happened? Soon as David had, 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 had killed Goliath, the armies took the little chests out. The Israelite army, they, they started chasing the Philistines. Fire! See, friends, I want to tell you something. When people start to see victory in Jesus, it sort of motivates them. I used to bring the worst sick cases on the platform at Kensington Temple to pray for them. Wow. And when people used to see the miracles, they used to leave there motivated. Yes, God is still on the throne. Did you know we're living in good days? Amen. God is still good today. Amen. God is still the miracle working God. We all seem to look at the good old days. Well, these are good days. His mercies are new this morning. Amen. That he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we need to grasp hold of it. I encourage you. I counsel you. Unless we make a stand, just like David made a stand. He says, who do you think to Goliath? You are, you uncircumcised Philistine, mocking the armies of God. Wow. See, David had the warrior spirit. He knew his God. He knew him. The apostle Paul said, I know whom I have believed. I know him. Amen. I don't know about him. I know him. He knew his God. He knew the power of God in his own life. Amen. See, the God that changed your life, the God who loves you with an everlasting love, has got a plan for your life. He wants to use you. Why? For his glory. Amen. For his glory. I want to encourage you this morning to go for gold with God. The biggest enemy of God's best is going for God's good. Go for God's best. Amen. Go for God's best. Make a conscious decision. I am not going to live in survival mode. I am a child of God. Amen. They overcame him, the Bible says, by the word of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb. That speaks of victory to me. We are not winning, you know. We've already won. Amen. We are not winning, we've already won. Fantastic. And we need to, to, to walk in it. Wow. I'm just going to share this little bit about my family with you and then we're going to pray. Whatever you give up for God, God will multiply it back to you. Isn't that fantastic? I was an atheist when I got saved. My youngest son was three when I became a Christian. They call him Adam. Me and my wife, we didn't like the name, but being gypsies, it's the only one we could spell. Wow. Three years of age he was. Little blonde-haired little fella. When we used to take him to church, he used to dance at the side of the pastor little blonde haired guy he can hardly read or write he's a little character but he's not so little now he's 23 now six foot four the only thing I call him is sir I was the first person to be saved in my entire family and this little fellow who was three when I got saved 23 now six weeks ago 
he was installed as the assistant pastor of the very church I was saved in because God has a plan God has a plan for your family see when we lay things down for God I want to tell you something God is no man's debtor it was funny the other day because I'm under the domin- I'm under Elim and, and so is he and the other day we got a send out from headquarters and I picked mine up it says Reverend W. Lee I'll never get used to that Reverend bit thundering Nora and then underneath was the other envelope from it says Pastor Adam Lee I just looked and I thought oh God it was just a simple thing but God just wow it just blew me away to think of the compassion and love of God who he is my oldest son is is 32 he was a drug addict me and my wife we used to lay awake at night worried about him as he overdosed uh, is he dead in a gutter somewhere horrendous you see this is real stuff friends we need to understand we live in a real world but we have a real God but then something happened One day, the nail-pierced stand of the master came upon him and touched him. From that moment, he's never took a drug from that day to this because God touched him. And today, he's a Bible teacher. Come on. When I think about it, me, where I came from, I've got one son who's a pastor, one son who's a Bible teacher... <laughs> All my family are saved, every one of them. My sister, my brother-in-law, my nephews, my nieces, they're all Christians. But why? Because 20 years ago, I had an encounter with God. Amen. I want to encourage you this morning. Whatever you lay aside for God, God will multiply it back to you in ways you couldn't imagine. If I was a billionaire, it wouldn't mean nothing to me if my son was on drugs. Because God gives us the things that no man can give you and no man can take off you. Wow. My oldest granddaughter, she's 10. I'm sorry if I talk about my grandchildren a lot. I just love them, you see. God's been gracious that I wasn't called to be a pastor because I'd have done my congregation's head in keep talking about my grandchildren. She's 10 and... She went to Sunday school the other day, bless her, and the Sunday school teacher says, oh, I've got a pain in my back, and straight away, she says, can I pray for you? You see, she's been brought up knowing nothing else but the miraculous. She's kn- my children and my grandchildren know who he is, amen. They know he's God. Straight away, instantly. So the school, Sunday school teacher says, well, okay, then she went and she prayed a deep theological prayer for the Sunday school teacher. She says, Lord Jesus, heal this lady and we'll all be happy. (laughs) You can't get much simpler than that, can you? But God healed the lady instantly. Hallelujah. I say to God, make me like my granddaughter. That I just trust you totally. Don't rely on anything else but you, Lord. just you you see friends all the titles 
all the ministries will cease one day. It's just about God. Amen. See, I don't love my ministry. I love Jesus. The ministry is something I do out of my love for God. Because God has called me to do it. Do you understand where I'm coming from? And so I look out my house sometimes as I'm leaving to come, go to work, as I call it. It's not work what I do, it's a labor of love. But, and I look at my own family and I see miracles all over the place. I look at Pastor Adam, Bible teacher William, and I start to think what God has done for me. I think about all the other people in, the, in, in, in this nation what they may be going through and they don't have a hope they don't have a hope they don't have what we've got they haven't got Jesus in their lives the people that the horrendous situations that people go some of the people we pray for break your heart people bring little children in with terminal cancer And they haven't got a hope. But there's a hope in Jesus Christ. There's a hope. We have the message that can change the nation, change the world and change people's lives. We mustn't keep him a secret. We must not keep him a secret. You may be able to lead people to Christ that no one else could reach. I just encourage you this morning to go for it you know when Paul says I come in fear and weakness and much trembling well that's how I was this morning I've preached thousands of messages but every time I've got to preach I have butterflies because I know I can't do anything unless God turns up wow so I want to encourage you to go for it hope in Jesus let's pray Father Thank you, Lord, that it's a throne of grace. A gracious God. I thank you, Lord, that everything is by your wonderful grace and your mercy, and your compassion. That you love the unlovable. And Lord God, I just pray for each and every one of us this morning. That, Lord God, we would have a revelation of the sign of the times. The enemies out to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And yet you have come, my Lord, that we might have life. And life in all its fullness. 
Lord God, I pray you would quicken us this morning by the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray this morning, Lord God, that you would cause us to rise up. That we would have a, a, a revelation this morning that you just want to use Mr. and Mrs. Ordinary because you are God. And that this morning we don't want to serve you just to try to get in your good books. We're already in your good books because we accepted Jesus. We can't make you love us no more than you already do. I pray, Lord God, you would give us your heart for lost people. That, Lord God, you would give us your heart and your eyes to see the hurting, the lost, the people without a hope. And it would cause us and inspire us to share the gospel with our neighbours, with our work colleagues, with our family, with our friends. You know you may be here this morning and you don't know this Jesus in your heart. I'm not asking you, my dear friends, if you attend a place of worship. I'm not asking you if you're religious. I'm not asking you if you read the Bible or pray. What I'm asking you is, is, do you know Jesus Christ in your heart? The Apostle Paul said, I know whom I've believed. I know him. I don't know about him. I know him. I'm not asking you if you believe in the existence of a God. The devil believes there's a God and trembles. Does Jesus live in your heart do you have that assurance of eternal life in heaven when you die well if you haven't got that assurance this morning you can have it right now I'm going to lead you in a prayer and if you want to receive this Christ into your life and into your heart I want you to pray this prayer after me quietly in the stillness of your own heart just between you and God I want you to understand you're not praying this prayer to me or to any man because no man can forgive your sin. Only God alone can forgive sin. It's not about a religion but a relationship with Jesus. If you want to receive him into your life this morning, you pray this prayer after me right now in your heart. Lord Jesus, this morning... I ask you to forgive me of my sins. This morning, Lord Jesus, I trust you and you alone to be my Savior. And I want you to be my Lord. Please come and live in my heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name while every head is bowed and every eye is closed if you were here this morning and you have just prayed that prayer I just want you to do something very simple right now to acknowledge you prayed that prayer because I want to pray for you if you prayed that prayer just raise your hand up and take it straight back down and I will pray for you just raise your hand right now and let me see it if you have just prayed that prayer Father Thank you, Jesus.
I just want us just to wait upon the Lord for a moment. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. want you to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you just allow God just to stretch out his nail pierced hand and place it on you just allow Jesus to minister right into your heart you may be here this morning and you're carrying hurts and things in your heart that no one else knows about only God Well, this morning, Jesus wants to pour in the living water. The healing Jesus. Some of us may be here this morning and we're not where we once was with God. We still go to church. We still raise our hands and we still put money in the collection. But inside, we're backslidden in our hearts. We've lost that joy. We've lost our first love. We're no longer just madly in love with him. Well, this morning I've got great news for you. There's restoration for you. Restore back to me the joy of my salvation. We can get to a place where we just go through the motions. I've been there, that's how I know. Where we just do it because it's something we've always done. I want to tell you this morning if that is you and you're not spending quality time with daddy I want to tell you this morning that Jesus misses you hallelujah just allow the Holy Spirit there's, there's a wonderful sense of the presence of God here right now there's an anointing of the presence of God that you can't get it from anybody shandying or laying hands on you because it's God it's about him it's all about him this morning he wants to refresh you to revive you to restore you this morning some of you may need to get a fresh revelation of the depth